This is the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, hello, everyone. We have another great episode for you today, and we'll be talking about event planning, event planning. And as we talk about event planning, I want to invite you to an event that I'm planning here in Delray Beach, Florida. Redemption Church hosts a conference to encourage and equip the servants of Jesus Christ in our community. And this conference is called the Refresh Conference. We're going to be doing it in 2008, November 9th and 10th, over Veterans Day weekend. And it's specifically a conference to really benefit people like you, church leaders, serve teams, pastors, assistant pastors, ministry heads, deacons, those that are just faithfully serving God and His people in the church to just really refresh them, uh, encourage them, bless them through community, through fellowship, worship, studying God's word together. And it will be a Friday night, uh, all day Saturday, uh, including uh, lunch. And it's only going to be $50 right here. Last year we had it um, in our community and it was a sweet time of fellowship. There was 20 different churches represented. And so we spend a lot of time just being able to pray with one another, uh, have special, extra special time to just fellowship and get to know one another in our community. And we would love to have you participate and you to come in this weekend. We'll be having a few people that I know, love, and respect share with us that week. And one guy is named Pastor David Guzik. Uh, he's actually written a whole Bible commentary, um, and you can get all of his resources for free online. You should really check them out, and I'd encourage you to do that at uh, www.enduringword.com. Uh, I love using his commentary and just sort of getting insight from other guys, and he's a, he's a, a really great... A Bible teacher, been serving the Lord for over 20 plus years, and so um, I'm just really excited for him to be able to pour into us that weekend. Another guy that's going to be coming and sharing with us is uh, Jason Sanchez. He's a director of an orphanage down in Bishina, New Mexico, the House of Blessing. And you can check out their ministry at www.thehouseofblessing.org. And so um, just excited to have friends, people, and make Jesus the central theme to have His Spirit refresh us so that we can continue to just glorify Him and serve Him in His church for His people and for our community to continue to stay on focused on mission and, you know, be encouraged to do the work that God's called us to. And so just really consider praying about that. This is a great event for you to bring your serve team to come to. Um, it's, it's going to be a great time in, in Florida in November. And so uh, it's really our heart to just bless you by this conference. I love that being able to pastor such a great church that has just a servant heart to just care and love for people in our community. Um, and so it's going to be a great time. You can get all the details and register at www.redemptiondb.com slash conference. It's the church website, redemptiondb.com slash conference. Well, today I want to talk to you about having great church events. Great church events. You know, I've been a lead pastor, but I've also been an assistant pastor. I've been a youth pastor. I've planned and ran a lot of events, from small events like trainings to Bible studies to worship practices, youth services, um, from big events to mission trips. 
citywide youth rallies, conferences, uh, multiple services. And so I just want to take that experience that I have and, and just pass on some wisdom, some things to glean on because I've spent a lot of my time planning and running events for uh, the church. And so I think that there are some principles that we could learn today to actually be able to have great church events. Because listen, if you're a church leader, it doesn't matter if you're a lead pastor, uh, a ministry head, or just a volunteer, you're going to be planning events, hosting events, and going to an event. An event can be anything, when anytime we gather for a purpose. Um, this could be a simple guys event, a training for your volunteers, a community group meeting, a smaller Bible study, or even a large Sunday gathering. Part of being a, a part of a, the church, the people of God, is we gather. Ecclesia is this meaning of the church, that we were assembled people, beloved by God, that get together. And we have fellowship with God, but one another. And so, as leaders, we want our gatherings to serve for a purpose, to align with our mission and our vision, but really to bless people. We want to create events where God is glorified as we're together and His Jesus is lifted up. And we want these events to be beneficial. But as you know, some events just aren't very beneficial. To be honest with you, some church events are just lame. And um, I know that I personally <laughs> am sharing these principles not just from all successes, but from failures. Uh, I don't want to get into too many of my failures, but I can remember being a youth pastor and having an entire week theme called Fear Factor. You remember that show? Fear Factor, where they did all these crazy things? Well, long story short, let's just say cream corn was involved and it uh, was in many multiple people's mouths. Uh, without getting cleansed. And so I've had my epic share of failures. Um, and what I want to do is learn from my mistakes. I want to get better and to improve. And so today I want to talk to you about things that I've learned from having great events, but also having epic failures and not so great events. And I think that this will be beneficial for you. And so I'm going to give you 10 principles that will help you um, plan a great event, 10 principles of having a great event, and these are some key things to think about and implement as you're planning and as you're processing and as you're just doing events as a church leader. Well, number one thing, number one principle we want to start off with when planning an event is to pray. Yes, we need to pray, and it needs to be said that we should pray and ask God for wisdom, for vision, and planning the event. Uh, this seems like a no-brainer, but we often overlook this aspect, that we have access to God. And James 1.5 says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And so I just want to remind you, when we're planning an event as a follower of Christ, we don't have to do it alone. We have the power of the Holy Spirit, God on our side that is for us, and He knows everything. And so we can align our hearts up to Him in prayer, seek His will for the people that we want to minister to. So many times we just want to get things done as leaders, but we have to pause and realize that we want to get things done right, uh, fruitful, Spirit-led. Galatians 6, 8 says, For whoever sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows of the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And so we want to make sure that we're not just being busy, but being effective and submitting our plans, submitting our ideas and our thoughts uh, into God's plan and having Him direct us and lead us. And so number one principle you want to do to have a great event is to pray. 
number two, you want to have a goal for your event and define success. When planning for a great event, you want to have a goal for that event and define success. Proverbs 29:18 tells us, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. Meaning, you need to be able to work within a space. You need to ask questions like, what is the point or the goal of this event? How will I measure success? Uh, is this, uh, is it to have a good time? Is it to serve? Is it to have fellowship, to build one another up, to pray? Why are we gathering together? What's the purpose? And when you define that purpose and have that vision, it will cause you to actually focus and plan better. You won't be sporadic. If it's a prayer meeting, then you'll know, hey, we're gonna pray, and you'll actually accomplish that goal, and that will be the success. Not if a thousand people show up, but, oh, I wanna pray, we prayed, that's how you plan things out. And so, I'll give you some examples. Our, our community group, the main goal of our community groups is discipleship, to live life together. They're application points on God's Word. And so, if we just had a meal together in fellowship, that actually would be a bad measure of success because we want to move each other more towards Christ and apply God's Word with one another. But we have events and gatherings that are just... The purpose is fellowship and fun. Uh, family game night, we're going to be having that. And so the purpose of that is just to have our families together, play games, and enjoy the fellowship that we can have. We also have outreach events. Like one event I love doing in our community is the um, Halloween booth, where uh, a lot of booths in our community get together and kids just come and get candy. And so our main goal for that event is awareness of our church and to preach the gospel. So we understand that our community isn't coming all into our service, so we're going to go out to them, have our signs up, have our t-shirts up, but one of our main goals is preaching the gospel. We not only give candy, but we give out gospel bracelets and uh, train everyone before the event to preach the gospel because we recognize that not everyone from that event is just going to be coming on Sunday mornings. We need to take the gospel to them. And so because we could define this success and understand this, we train accordingly and it really helps us plan things out to make sure that people are prepared and we have enough resources and plans and candy. I mean, that would be horrible if we were at that event and had no candy to give to kids. And so this is why mission statements are good, goals are good, uh, to, to help us define and to plan and to progress towards what we want to accomplish. They give people and you and I that are involved direction and having clarity in front of us is a really important thing. And so number three, besides praying, besides having a goal to finding success, we want to get others involved and let others help. We want to get others involved and let others help to make a great event. We need to realize that teams are a good thing. 1 Corinthians 12.20 says, But now there are many members, uh, but one body. We all know that we are different, and there's many different parts of this body, the body of Christ. And working in a team setting is beneficial for many reasons. And I'm just going to give you four quick ones, uh, so that way you can be encouraged to get other people involved in your event planning and get other people to help. Number one is you can't do everything. And you shouldn't do everything as the church leader. Just because you're the leader doesn't mean that you have all the answers, know everything. People are gifted with different gifts, different talents, and we should be able to come together and use those 
for God's glory, for the end game, for the goal that we want to accomplish. Uh, and so it's beneficial for us to be able to use other people's gifts, other people's talents. Um, another benefit of working with a team is you create buy-in. Listen, when people come up with an idea, they're invested, excited, and passionate about the things that they ex are exposed to and come up with and share. Um, I can remember when I was a youth pastor, we had this event that honestly I didn't think it was going to work, but kids were so excited. They wanted to plan a formal night. There was one kid that was going to sort of culinary school and learning all about it, and everyone was excited about his cooking. And so he said, I'm going to plan a whole dinner for the entire youth group, 100 people, 100 high schoolers. And, and, and someone was like, yeah, we could have a formal dinner. And the other, another, a couple of handful of kids were like, well, can we have dancing? Because, you know, we're, we, we go to a small private Christian school and we, we're not big enough to have a um, dancing at our school. And so they wanted sort of more of like a prom. And I'm just thinking, oh, goodness, now I'm going to have to deal with adults and dancing and freak dancing and getting all this stuff together. And then another person was like, well, I could take pictures and we could do formal things. And other oh, I could event plan. And by the end of it, we had 20 kids excited about this event. And you know what? It was amazing. It was incredible. People loved it because they were excited. There was buy-in and they were inviting all their friends and doing these things. And it got other people involved. And it was, it was one of the best events that I can remember. And I had no idea. I didn't come up with this event. I didn't even think about it, but they just had buy-in. They were excited. And that's the great thing about building a team. Number three is it, it builds friendships. You know, we get to share ministry and do it together with people. And that's a great way you're going to see as you lead people, part of them serving together is just beginning getting involved and having relationships and friends. And we don't want to live this life uh, alone, isolated. We want to do it in community. And so it's beneficial for our faith and for our growth. Number four, to get people involved, you can do greater things um, you can do greater things with them than just with yourself. Uh, case in point, this podcast. Um, this podcast is so much better because I'm asking other pastors and leaders with greater experience, with different backgrounds and denominations and just uh, wisdom to be able to pour into this community. Now, it's not just me, and I'm not saying to that to dumb down me, but I'm saying that it definitely is better because other pastors are involved. And so this is why, why you want to get other people involved in the planning, let other people help. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. And so we see that there is actually a good reward for the labor of working in teams. Jesus had a team. Paul had a team. We should have one as well. Working in teams is a good thing. Number four, it sort of goes with working in a team is as we want to plan this great event, we need to be people that listen. We should ask our team and ask leaders that want to help uh, and enjoy doing things, and we should get their input. Many times, um, we will have great events if we just listen to other people and get their feedback. And so I would really recommend as you're planning and thinking about uh, planning a great uh, event for your church and gathering, get people's feedback. Ask them, hey, what would you want to do? Remember, people tend to do what they want to do. And so it's really easy for me as a pastor to ask the congregation, hey, what do you guys want to do? How do you want to reach people for Jesus? What, 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 what is this pattern, this setting? And so we need to be leaders that listen. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. And so listening will help us plan out better events. 
And don't be afraid to use someone else's ideas. Oftentimes, to be honest with you, most of the great ideas are other people's ideas that I just say, go for it. Uh, case in point, we recently had a leader in our church uh, have an amazing uh, idea that I didn't come up with. Half the time when I plan events, I only plan just to sort of the time, the calendar, the scheduling. I have an idea in my head, but I want to get feedback first before I finalize things. Because um, I'm in control of the church calendar and want to make sure everything's balanced and we're basing the calendar off of our values. And so we have a certain amount of outreach events, certain amount of you know discipleship events, all these different things balancing that out. But I knew that I wanted to do a, a booth for the outreach, a Christmas tree lighting. It's a big festival, a big event in our city. And so we usually do it every year. And I wanted to match up the cause. Um, the leader in our community asked us to match us up a cause with the orphanage. And so we were going to have the director there in town, and I knew that we were going to have a booth of some sort. But one of the leaders at our church had this amazing idea. During Christmas time, how about we have people stop by our booth, decorate an ornament with a picture of a child on it, and they can actually hang that child up on their tree and just to simply pray for them. It was incredible, and we had so much engagement from that. Uh, kids are now going home, uh, pictures of them going home in trees, and we got to take a tree to our church service and have everyone in our church uh, have these decorated ornaments from the kids in our Sunday school that made them. It was just this amazing, incredible event that went really well, and I didn't come up with any of it. All I knew is this event's coming, we should do an outreach and pray on it, and then I started asking people, and we started refining it and tuning it, and it just worked out great. And so in order to have amazing ideas and things like that, you got you to gotta lead and you got to plan. You got to say this is sort of the parameters, but you got to give people space to brainstorm, to be flexible, and just to listen and get feedback from other people um, that you would consider uh, a blessing to the ministry and that want to help. And so Besides listening, number five, if you want to have a great event, uh, have traditions, but don't be afraid to make it fresh. Um, what do I mean by this? Well, I mean be creative. Genesis 1-1 should be a, just a primary example of this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that we know, everything in our world, the beautiful colors, the sunshine, the smell, um, all the taste buds that we have, just God is such a creative, amazing God. And He gives us traditions and He gives us new experiences for our good. Uh, tradition could be a great thing. It could be good to build momentum and have people expect certain things. Like one of the traditions of a church um, is usually having a weekly gathering, typically on Sundays. That is a great thing. But we want to be creative when we gather together and not just have the mundane thing relying on, oh, we've planned this. It's just something we've done. No, we, it's okay to have tradition, but we want to make things fresh. And so to give you an example, like a Sunday morning service, from time to time, you should change up the format. Maybe do some of the music in the beginning, not all in the beginning, but in the beginning and the end, um, and vice versa. Uh, I love being able to bring in guest speakers. It's changing the format, but the, the main point is to worship God, to hear from His Word. And so it, it just creates a little bit of a freshness to be creative and, and refreshes me, it refreshes people, and it creates a, a momentum of excitement and expectancy. And so we have to make this events work for us. We have to understand that it's not bad to do something that really worked. Take notice of that. Evaluate that. Don't just cut things to cut things because it's tradition. You can actually be very creative uh, by doing things 
um, that people can expect and plan. Um, and so we must try new things. And the great way to try new things is just to use that language. Hey, let's try it. Just because you do something doesn't mean it's a tradition. Usually traditions happen because it went well and you want to do it again. And so if you need fresh ideas, I recommend you asking fresh perspectives, new people that see the culture differently, that don't know traditions or the, the boxes that we've created. And so just try things out because we realize that there are different types of events and different types of seasons that we can do and try things out. 1 Corinthians 12 Five and six says there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diff diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. And so I would just encourage you as you're event planning, as you're thinking about things, uh, enjoy diversity and continue to plan things out. Don't just rely on your tradition. Be creative in your tradition. Number six, make the event worth the time and the money. Listen, what are people paying their money for? If your event costs something to gather, what's the value in it? Why would someone even go to a free event if they see no value? We need to be asking these questions because reality is there's a lot of competition. Time is valuable to people and there's a lot of things going on in our community, in our city, and sometimes even multiple things going on in our church. And we don't want to just assume people are coming to our event, especially if they see no value. So we want to make sure we communicate the why. The why of why they should come. How it can bring value into their life. We want to make sure it's beneficial for people coming. And so we need to explain what we're going to be doing and why it's important. Because people spend time and money on the things that they value. Everything doesn't have to be cheap. We see that people have iPhones, iPads, designer shoes, nice cars. They go out to eat. It's because people buy stuff that they value. And so we need to make sure that we're actually bringing value to our gatherings because they won't spend their time even going to it if they think this is a waste of my time. And you know, I tell people the way they could bring value to an event is by doing the little things. Little things could bring a lot of value. Let me give you an example. When I go out to a restaurant, I want a certain type of food and quality, and I go for the food, the main meal, not necessarily dessert. But my heart skips a beat when the server at the end of the meal gives me these little things called Andy's mints. They're just a little chocolate mint at the end. It's just beautiful. And if the server gives me two or three at the end of the meal, man, they're getting a bigger tip. It's just this little simple sweet thing that I can enjoy at the end of my meal. I didn't go for the restaurant for the Andy mint, Andy's mints, but I just really enjoy them. That's a little thing that brings a lot of value to me. And these type of things bring value to other people. They may seem silly, but having good quality is very important to people. So I tell people all the time, listen, buy the name brand rather than the cheap generic brand. Yes, you may be saving 15 cents, but it's that little thing that people notice, these little things. Like when someone visits our church, I write them a handwritten card because I want to make sure that they know that we acknowledge them, we're praying for them, we want to invite them back into the service. And so we want to make sure we get that time and attention and care. And that usually uh, pours out on those little things where we're thinking about the people that are coming to our event to bring value to it. Uh, no one would expect a pastor to preach every message without studying. And so we should take the time that we need to to prepare to be able to bless people as they come, to think through things. 
And that may mean that we may not be able to do as many events as that we would like, uh, but that's okay. We need to make sure we're doing quality and doing things with excellence and planning and spending enough time to show love and care and to bring value to each event that we do. And so I found out that as a church, we try to do just one big event a month so we can do it well. We could have enough resources, time, and energy to do it and not burn people out. And so we want to be able to make the event worth their time and their money. Uh, the seventh thing I want to remind you to do is to pray. Yes, pray. Uh, I know I mentioned prayer for wisdom and guidance, but we also want to pray for the people coming to the event and not neglect the communion and the relationship that we have in God in this planning process. Now that we have a plan and God has answered our prayer, given us wisdom and vision, let's continue to pray for God's will. We don't want to work uh, from our state of um, our flesh and trying to just get it all done that because God gave us vision now we have to do it all by ourselves no God is with us for 2nd Timothy 2 1 the Bible says therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus we to, to remain in this attitude of prayer in a posture of prayer always praying uh, without ceasing and so Jesus said not my will but your will be done we can actually align up our hearts as we're praying as we're praying and planning and doing these things together and ministering and blessing people and one of the what best ways you can have a great event is by praying for the people that are going to be coming to this event that they would be blessed that God would minister to them that your goals would be achieved and that God would continue to give you wisdom on how to love these people. Because we could do many things, but if we don't love, uh, man, then it's not, it's not the greatest value. It's not something that we would want to have uh, rejoicing in. And so continue to ask God to do the work, pray through the process and pray for people. Uh, number eight, we want to communicate uh, our events very well. Uh, to have a great event, you have to communicate. Um, uh, Ecclesiastes 12, 9 and 10 says, And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written was upright, words of truth. We want to make sure that we're actually seeking a way to be able to bless people, to serve them, and to communicate. This is a very important thing. Communication is key to any relationship. And so it's going to be important for us to communicate our event. And sometimes this is hard for us as leaders because we've been praying and processing and planning and organizing and getting feedback and all this different stuff. But we just naturally assume people know what's in our heads. And, and it's, they don't. We need to speak forth what's in our heads. And we need to just communicate the simple uh, simplicity of what the event is, the value of coming like we talked about. Uh, let people know what you're doing, uh, what time it starts, the date, uh, the cost, what they can expect during this event. Listen, we don't want to have an event where we're sort of uh, lying to people. Hey, let's just all get together and fellowship and have pizza. And then when they get there saying, oh, we're going to be praying for an hour. Well, no, man, if you want to have a prayer meeting, just say, we're going to have a prayer meeting. This is why it's important. We should be seeking God and, and just talk about it. So that way people sort of know you don't want to like Jesus juke him. You know, you want to make sure that you give these expectations clear. And so let people decide because we don't want to deceive people to get people there. They won't appreciate that, even if it works, because it may work, 
but it will probably only work once. And so let them know and let them start getting excited. Wow, I'm really excited to for the worship night or man, I'm really excited for this guy's small group. This is going to be great because it's going to, you know, help me with my relationship with God. And then start to communicate the event. And I like to communicate the event about a month out. People need to be able to mark their calendars, be able to plan around other things. And no matter how you communicate it, whether it be from the pulpit, from a video, um, we need to make sure, and I think it's really important in communication, especially with events, have some form of handwritten communication. Because honestly, people forget dates and they forget times. And so having things like posters, flyers, handouts, touch cards, these things are very, very important. And you can do uh, handwritten communication at a very low rate, free cost. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to print things out. You can have a church calendar on your website, or we have a monthly newsletter that goes out uh, via email where people just simply know the dates and, hey, this is what's happening going on in the month of May, in the month of you know June, July, August, and so forth and so on. We can actually communicate for free. I love using Facebook events and being able to have those reminders in my calendar. And so we want to help people know the details, know the why and the what, and communicate with them and listen let people communicate to you communication is key to relationship you don't do all the talking let them talk to you because I think it's important for certain events to have deadlines and to have signups this can actually help you plan because me as a leader I'm gonna plan a little bit differently for an event for 200 people versus 20 people and having signups can really help but there's nothing better in communication than just simply a one-on-one -on -one invite. If you want a great event and people to come for communication, man, just invite people personally. This is why constantly I'm asking you, hey, if this podcast has blessed you, why don't you write a review? Why don't you share it with friends that you know? Because people listen to other people that they respect and they know. And so sometimes as leaders, our form of communication shouldn't even be directly from us. It should be from all the other leaders or other people in the church inviting one another and, and, and communicating the information. And so most people go to something because of an invite or because of reviews. This is why when you see a restaurant and there's only three people there at dinner time, eh, I'm gonna go to the next restaurant. But you know, things apps like TripAdvisory or Yelp are so popular because you get to see reviews and these written reviews actually help you make a decision if you're going to go or not. And so they communicate a lot of different things. And so let's let's communicate to people so that way they can participate and enjoy the event that we're planning. This will really help make a great event. Well, number nine, we want to be flexible and adjust. Yes, we're talking about planning and what are some principles we can do. And part of the planning is actually being uh, adjustable, being flexible to the plan. Proverbs 16:9 says, a man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his step. Listen, God's sovereignty is much better than our plans. Things will go wrong. You know this. You don't have to be a leader for that long to know that I have a plan and uh, it doesn't it doesn't really work out. Sort of like Mike Tyson says. He says everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. And then you just sort of have to roll with it, right? And so as leaders, we want to prepare, we want to have a plan, but we also want to be flexible and trust God. And so we want to act calmly when our plan doesn't go according to what we think it should. Uh, this is especially true on uh, events like mission trips because God ends up working things out and he does things and he directs our steps. I can remember a time where 
we went to uh, Lima, Peru for a mission trip. There was around 70 of us and we formed a band and we had planned to do all these certain things and play in certain venues and some venues actually didn't work out for that day. And so we just prayed about it and asked God to guide us and we ended up going different venues and having different divine appointments and interactions. And I could still remember one of the best shows I've ever played was a, around 350 high school girls. We went to this, <laughs> this high school and um, they just loved us. They thought we were rock stars. And I don't even think that event was planned. It was just like, hey, uh, would you be open to this? And we said, sure. And we went that way and we, pre -pre -pre we prepped, we were ready, but sometimes you just have to adjust and be flexible. And uh, Chuck Smith would often say, blessed are the flexible for they will not break. We have to go with the flow sometimes and just trust God and realize, man, you know, um, we are to live by faith, not by sight. See, we want to ha be good planners and we want to plan great events, but realize that God wants us to grow. He wants us to exercise faith. And so we don't rely on our plans, we rely on Him. And so we need to learn to have a great event. You're going to have to be flexible. You're going to have to adjust. And that's just a part of event planning. Uh, lastly, number 10, you, we need to follow up and evaluate. Follow up and evaluate if we want to have great events. 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. You know, the Word of God tells us that we're to evaluate things, to test things out, to test spirits out, to test these things out, and to evaluate, to ask questions. We should be doing this with our events as well. Asking certain questions. Questions like, did the event accomplish our goals? Why or why not? Uh, <clears throat> what did you learn from the event? Would you do it again? What was the good, the bad, and the ugly? Or a better way to say it may be, what went well and not so well with this event? What could we change to do it better again? And part of our evaluation and our follow-up needs to be asking for feedback from the people that went to the event, from our leaders, and especially from God, just praying through it. Don't think because you plan an event it happens that it's just done. You need to make sure you take that extra step to make a great event to be able to learn from your mistakes. And it's also helpful to know these questions as the event is going because then you can start looking for it and understanding it because you want to do this evaluation when you can actually remember things. Now listen, you may not want to do the evaluation right there in the beginning of the event. If you have planned this big event, you're expecting a thousand people and two people show up, you know you probably failed in the communication side or something went wrong. You don't have to be depressed during the event, but you should understand and evaluate it immediately so you could remember the things you may have done right or wrong. And so I would say don't wait a whole month to evaluate events. Get the feedback while it's fresh in your perspective. Follow up with the team meeting and, and evaluate things. Talk about uh, with them what went right, what went wrong, and just make sure that you're processing these things. And make sure you're uh, processing them not only to improve, but also to give thanks. Thank God of how He used you, used your team to plan an event. Remember through prayer, uh, God gave us wisdom. He gave us thoughts. He gave us plan as we're praying even for the people. He gave us energy, resources, grace to do all this event. And so don't you think it'd be a good thing as leaders as if we were a people of thanks, thanking God for what He did at that event? 
You know, Psalm 9.1 says, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. And this is really important because it, it creeps in, pride can creep in when you start doing these great events, thinking it's you. And you need to realize, no, it's God. He's in control. He's sovereign. He's given us the grace, the wisdom, the, the, the blessing to be able to have a great event. And yes, these are principles that can help have a great event. But man, unless God's in it, unless he builds the house, we all labor in vain. And so it's a sweet privilege to be able to be used by God in this way to plan events and to bless people. And so there you have it. If you do these steps, these 10 principles, it is a guarantee that you will have a great event. No, I'm just joking. I wish it was, right? I wish you could just have this five-step or 10-step program and everything will work out, but the reality is there's no guarantees. I've done so many of these things and applied these principles, and I have still have, have had several events bomb, but I understand that I've gotten better and my event planning has gotten better and the frustrations have gotten better and I've just seen God work and I've allowed these principles to help um, guide and shape the way I plan events and it's really been beneficial and a blessing and so I pray that some of these principles will bless you as you plan your events uh, because we know that we don't rely on principles, we rely on a person. His name is Jesus. And so let's continue to look to Him as we event plan and try to bless His people. Well, I love being able to give you these tools and principles to pass on. And I really hope that you can eat the meat and spit out the bones to make it work for you. You don't have to do everything I say or believe everything I say, but I'm just trying to, uh, to just give you wisdom and experience that I have. And I'd love to hear your perspective as well, because it's often said that methods are many, principles are few. Methods always change, but principles never do. And so I hope that this, these times when I'm giving you these tools are actually just times where you can think and process to apply the principle and you apply it in your own specific ministry, in your own way, with your own wisdom, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's a blessing to be able to do this uh, with you and for you. And so in today's One Piece of Advice video, my friend Robbie Christmas is going to talk about that. How it's important for us to have a reproducible tool to pass on to other people. And it's just a great reminder that we should be passing on the important principles we have learned to others. You're listening to One Piece of Advice, brought to you by eeleaders.com, a ministry to encourage and equip church leaders. Hey guys, my name is Robbie Christmas. I'm here at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. I work for the North American Mission Board, but I'm, I'm based here at Family Church. So, if I had one piece of advice, um, obviously there's lots of good things that can be said. The one that really came to me was this. Have a simple, reproducible gospel tool that you can use regularly and that you can train the people you're leading to use. Why is it so important? Here's why. Because we make assumptions about what people are able to do and about what people are in fact doing. And in my journey of church planning, I kind of had to learn this the hard way, but I came to a point where I realized people aren't sharing the gospel like I thought they were. And I think one of the things that was missing was a simple, reproducible gospel tool. Um, so here we use something called the three circles, and it's actually reproducing around the world. So it's showing in the field its value and its reproducibility, if I can use that word. 
Um, so for you to have that, you've got a model, no matter what your gifting is, all right, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, no matter what your gifting is, if you want to create a DNA of gospel sharing in your church or in your organization that you're leading, you have to be modeling that from the top. So even if it's not like strong in your, your gifting, you still have to be modeling it. And so having a simple tool is going to help you get into those conversations a lot more often than you would without it. Not only that, it's going to help you with multiplication. Because even if you have a really slick, really cool, really natural kind of way that you personally share the gospel, if it's not something that you can pass on to the person you shared with, then it's not going to reproduce and you're not going to see multiplication. It's all going to rest on you. So a simple, reproducible gospel tool, I think, is huge. Now, I was talking to one guy and he pushed back. He said, yeah, well, I just like to share more like Jesus did, which, okay, good for you. You just told me I don't share like Jesus. But <laughs> he said, I like to share more like Jesus did. Just, it was different every time and he was just in the moment. And um, I think you can make a case that Jesus had some reproducible, simple reproducible things that he used to proclaim the kingdom. Some of the stories that we still know today were probably very simple, reproducible stories that he told over and over in the different towns that he went to. Furthermore, we do this in other contexts of ministry. Most pastors I know prepare for their sermon. They have an outline for what they're going to say for that conversation. It's not that much of a stretch to have an outline for what you're going to say for a gospel conversation. We're proclaiming the gospel, gospel in both places and I think it makes a lot of sense to have an outline for what you're going to say out on the sidewalk or on your driveway talking to your neighbor as well. So a simple reproducible gospel tool I think is really helpful. Well, another great principle we need to learn through this episode is this. Things don't always go as we planned. Yes, we're to plan our ways, but the Lord directs our steps and we need to be flexible. And so on the next episode, I'm going to have a conversation with my good friend, Jason Sanchez. Uh, Jason currently lives in Bechinova, Mexico. It's about five and a half hours south of El Paso. And he's the director of an orphanage called the House of Blessing. And listen, I would love for you to stay tuned to hear the wisdom that he has because he is down in a situation where many times in Mexico, you have Mexico, you have a plan, but it goes awry. You, you want to work and do office space, but then your power goes out or your water goes out. Or sometimes you just want to have fun with kids and take them on a field trip, but then they get sick. And so Jason and his team are constantly adjusting, constantly making plans, being flexible, and really applying these principles to action. And so we're going to glean some wisdom from him as I talk with him. And I know that you're going to be encouraged to learn tons of uh, things about how do you practically sort of have these principles and plan out those things, but then be flexible. And uh, looking at uh, how he directs the orphanage down there is just a great, great encouragement to you and I to be able to continue to plan, but yet be flexible. And so I'm really looking forward to the next time we're meeting. God bless you, and I'm praying for you. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it would encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.